Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hey, this one's on. This is Tristan from Lexington, Kentucky. Just calling in uh, regards to the preacher you were talking about who was diddling those little kids in the uh, uh, last podcast, episode 104. I got a little song for you. Uh, hope you enjoy it. I can't beat this feeling anymore. I've forgotten what I started preaching for. I'm going to suck these kids all through the glory hole. Oh, I can't stop this feeling anymore. Hope you all enjoyed it. Take care. Bye. Hi, Thomas Cecil. This is Chris calling from New York City. Um, big fan of your show. I've been listening for probably about six months now. Uh, pretty much heard the entire back catalog of things I've missed. Uh, it only gets better and better. Uh, just wanted to let you know you guys cracked me up when you started laughing in, at each other's jokes. And uh, Many times I've been sitting on the subway and been just laughing out loud and listening to my headphones. And People probably think I'm a wacko. But anyway, I just wanted to call you and tell you a great job. Uh, about the Sarah Palin uh, uh, bit where she uh, says that uh, oh, I will sort it out. I just can't help but to think that there's a phrase that perfectly describes that, and that phrase is, you can't hide class. But thanks a lot, guys. Uh, keep up the good work. Oh, glory hole. Hey, boys, this is Chip again. I just thought I'd uh, uh, mention Sylvia Brown. I, I dug up an old interview of hers with Larry King where he asks where the spirits are. So she says, and I quote, they're three feet up off the ground. On this topography, they exist with us. We just can't see them because they go to a higher vibration than we do. See, we're the world of antimatter. This is transient. We're all, like you said, we're all going to die. Our houses are going to go away. Our cars get old. We get old. That goes. That stays. That's the eternal. Now, of course, that all makes sense. But the key fact there is that the, the goats are all three feet off the ground from us. So what that means is as you walk around, you're getting a whole shitload of ghost crotches in your face. You're walking around smacking your face in the ghost crotches and you don't even know. Um, now, perhaps um, you could also consider you're giving ghost fellatio everywhere you go. All, as you walk around, you're just sucking off all of those ghosts. I suppose the girl goes too. You're, you're giving ghost cunnilingus everywhere you go. That's why by the end of the day, your mouth is dry and kind of gross and your breath is bad. That's why you have to brush your teeth at night. Ghost fellatio. Uh, glory hole. Hey, Cecil Icon. This is Terry from the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. I'm calling with a crazy prayer story. When I was around age 10, every time I went to the bathroom, I would beg God to make my body grow a penis. It wasn't that I thought I was born in the wrong body. It was that the older I got, the more acutely I felt the walls of my little world closing in. Acting like a lady was code for shut the fuck up. Church and family lessons were increasingly about how to be a pure and submissive wife, and how the most precious gift I could give my husband would be my virginity. My parents told me that I was too smart for my own good and that intelligence was wasted on a girl. I watched an unthinking, dystopian, submissive, ignorant hell unfold before me, and I thought throwing a penis was my only way out. Still penisless and therefore still powerless, I left the church when I was 15. I eventually went to college and became an atheist. It turns out that I didn't need my very own penis
The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is an episode of Cognitive Dissonance. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you to keep track at this point. After right. 104, I think I've done my due diligence. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, I really, I mean, and I, I think this is sort of the audience participation point. Portion, yeah. Well, yeah, why don't it, we just be like, this is episode, and then they could fill in the blank. Well, it, it, it's, it's like when you go to the concert and, like, they, like, stop singing for a second and, like, they throw their hands out to the crowd. Yeah. You know, like, you fucking, and I always hate, by the way, when you're at a concert and they do that, and I'm like, wait a minute. I fucking didn't pay to hear myself. I know. I, I didn't pay to hear the, the jack off song. next to me saying. Right. <laughs> sing the whole song, you lazy son of a bitch. I tell you, the worst experience I had with an asshole singing, I, w- I went to Roger Waters' Sings the Wall with uh, Sarah. And uh, Rod- I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan. I don't really care, but my wife loves them. So we go to see Roger Waters' Sings the Wall or whatever. And it was actually a really good show. Like there was like, you know, I mean, it was just a really neat stage show. It sort of harkened back to the old times when they had like props and shit and like i mean it was just really crazy but at the end and i don't know how familiar you are with the wall but there's like a part where the guy is doing a trial and it's a trial where somebody's and now we're going to put up the prosecution and the prosecution says you're crazy and blah 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 and it's and they're sort of sing talking their way through it yeah and this jag off behind me is shouting the lyrics as he goes and it's like the like it's the thing that you would think no one would ever sing along to like who sings along to this it's like sing talking it's weird dude that's a guy proving to everyone around him that he's a super fan. Oh, yeah, that he watched. Right? He, I've seen The Wall a million times. Right. I know this fucking thing. <laughs> I know every fucking word of it's it, dude. Like, he's got his fucking hipster glasses on. He's a fucking Floyd PBR. Bro. He's a fucking Floyd hipster. Absolutely. Right. You know, he's just like, yeah. yeah. I even know the fucking trial shit. Yeah. So when, oh, when, when Roger Waters holds his hand up, this is the guy who thinks, you're talking to me, Roger. Right. I'll fill in. <laughs> no problem. Don't worry, I'll fill in. He's ready to fill in at a fucking moment's notice. Absolutely. Like, he's just ready. Like, he's he's going to be there at that show yeah. where Rogers Waters, like, sprains his voice. He's like, oh, sprains his, sprains his ankle on the way to the stage. We like, need somebody from the crowd to sing. Is there any singer in the crowd? Is there, is there somebody who knows the lyrics <laughs> to the wall? Like, only one brave this hand guy, is raised he gets in the crowd of thousands. I know them. <laughs> I know them all. What's even better is Roger Waters is singing, and he looks down and sees this guy so intently sing along, he has to call him up on stage yeah, to sing it with him. Like that moment like where he just like, he like stops the band, he like does a left-right look, Hold like on, throws guys. his hands out like, guys. points out to the crowd. The other guy like points back at himself like with a who me? And then the crowd lifts him up and carries him to the stage. <laughs> Beautiful women filleting him on the way. <laughs> Oh, 
that has happened so many times in rock history. So and many this times. this is episode 105. Yeah, 105, people. 105. So this story is from Smug. <laughs> you did a good job there. Oh, thank you. This is story is from Smug. Smug. Sydney Morning Herald. Um, victims may have consented, says Rabbi. Um, or maybe not, because yeah. they're victims. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Like, yeah. I read this article and it's like, wait a minute. If they consented, they weren't really victims. Oh, I man. see what you're doing here. Um, <laughs> this story is so packed, Cecil, full of fucking crazy. So full of crazy. It's like a fucking Cadbury cream egg of bullshit. <laughs> It's great. He, you know, he is the most Jewish sounding man I've ever heard oh, in my yeah, life. Right. When I clicked on this to listen <laughs> to this guy talk, I was like, holy shit. I could barely, I'm glad they subtitled it. I, I thought the same thing. Because I, I could, stopped listening and just was reading the subtitles because it's yeah, like, it's could, like a fucking Woody Allen movie. I, so. I barely understand the guy. I thought I was in like a deli or something. <laughs> it's, it's almost a caricature. Oh my gosh! It's that. It's like, yeah. oh, hey, why yeah. you gonna do it? Oh yeah, wow, he's so bad. Oh. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the ladies. <laughs> um, but he says, he, the best part I think of this is when he's talking about teenagers from poor backgrounds. He says, oh. teenagers from poor backgrounds had nothing else to do in life, only thinking twenty four hours about sex with each other, members of their own family, and even dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because when I was. You know, when I was a teenager, I can you know, I have to admit I came from a, you know, a poor background. And really the 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 sort of sex with a dog doesn't come up with a lot, but it comes up, you know, when you're poor. <laughs> I mean, it just comes up, you're just like, well, you know, I, I could have sex with a dog now. You know, I'm kind of hungry, I, my shoes are sort of worn out, I'm getting made fun of at school, sex with a dog? Yeah, let's do that. That would fix the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's like, I've got nothing else to think. Yeah, because being called dog fucker at school isn't going to change anything. It, you know, what What struck me as crazy about that line, too, is in the beginning, he's like, he basically says, like, it's not like our kids where they have plenty of money. I know. These poor kids, they'll fuck anything, yeah. you know? <laughs> you hold their head, it'll fuck it, they'll fuck it's, it. It's, it's, it's just so, it's so insulting because he even says something like, it's not like our kids who have plenty of money. Yeah, I know. That's like he prefaces it to be like, hey, remember, let's not forget the poor people, they're less likely to be people. Well, come on, huh? I mean, Tom, the guy's Jewish, so he's got a lot of money. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean what a stereotype. <laughs> like, he stereotypes his own people. He stereotypes his own people. And then he's talking about, like, hey, you know, all these kids, maybe they consent to the kids 11. How does an 11-year-old consent to something? And then he's like, hey, they're basically the same age. Like, there's a 10-year age gap. How is 10 years basically the same age? Well, I think hey, 10 years time when you you're... Were- when What's you're that? as old as this fucking guy, right? Ten, ten years just, doesn't matter. Like ten years is this guy could sleep for fucking ten years. Rip Van Winkle here. <laughs> yeah, when you are 109, like there's yeah. no difference between 99, 99, it's like, 109. Right? You're just like, hey, my kidneys don't work either. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> hey, but there's a huge difference when you're 11, because ten years ago that dude was ten and you were one. Yeah. Like, there's a huge difference. Like, between a 21-year-old and an 11-year-old? It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know of a single society that thinks that that's okay. 
Eleven, dude. Fucking eleven. What? What were the? What oh, were we covered I take a few weeks back. ago. Wasn't Saudi Arabia trying to reduce the marriage age to nine? I, I take that back. Yeah. yeah. Some of them do think that nine years old. I know. And then he says, like involving the police, that would open a can of worms. Yes, the police do open cans of worms when they get involved in fucking children. Like when when your community is trying to hide child fucking, that is a can of like that's a sticky wicket. Like, really? <laughs> people, you know, sometimes people actually fucking investigate that shit. Yeah. This this guy, though, is, you know, not, not only does he start by apologizing for the, you know, the person who's diddling, but then he just works his way deeper and deeper and deeper into a hole. At the end of it, you're just thinking, can this guy say anything more crazy? Like if the person would have killed him, he'd be like, well, you know, sometimes you just got to kill these goyams. I know, right? It's, it, as you as you watch him speak, you're like, that's got to be the craziest thing he'll say. Yeah, and then you, you keep thinking right? the crazy <laughs> meter isn't going to go any higher. Doesn't this guy have handlers? Because one would think that this this guy, this isn't the first time his crazy has been fucking dribbling out of his mouth. I know. You know, like the fucking drool from his fake teeth. One would fake assume... <laughs> One would assume that, it's, that he would put, like, minders on this old man to help him in and out of his rascal cart and, like, to make sure he doesn't say crazy, super crazy, and even crazier shit all the time. Well, he needs a handle to brush his fucking beard out. <laughs> Good Lord. Could you imagine how many crumbs are in that thing? Well, that's when he's having sex with the chimps. He just relies yeah. on them to pull the... They just have sex with animals. Just any animal. Any animal if they're poor, because poor people have no morals. (laughs) Dude, it's like, I'm poor, so I'm going to commit bestiality. Yeah. Well, and like sex is the only thing you think about when you're poor. What about not being poor? Like, I can think about that for a while. (laughs) No, no, no. 24 hours. You just have to accept your place in life and then fuck a dog. Just. (laughs) God. It's it's like it's like that blue velvet like oh fuck anything that moves. So this story comes from sackb.com. Hip-hop poetry singers, classical music to star in Muslim event. Um, There is evidently going to be an Islamic expression of tradition and contemporary art. The event, perhaps the first of its kind in the nation, challenges the belief among some Orthodox Muslims that music can lead to sinful behavior. And I love the line from this imam. It's like, mm, it's risky. Mm, it's not risky. <laughs> no. My first thought was like, mm, no, it's not risky. See, most people just play music. And then that's kind of where it ends. They're just like, hey, did you hear that song? Yeah. And then I totally drank like a fifth of vodka and fucked the dog. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, the reason why is because here's how his mindset. He says it's a chain reaction. When people <laughs> listen to music, they ask for alcohol, which leads to adultery. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have drank a lot of alcohol in my life. I have never committed adultery. Have you? Yes. Okay. Fine. But have you ever listened to music and then not drink alcohol? It's never yes. happened, right? On, on occasion, I have. No. 
It's impossible. Some at work listening to Pandora sipping that, scotch? Like, what's <laughs> happening? It's impossible. You can't. Because, yeah. I mean, this guy's logic is flawless. Yeah. If you hear music, you just have to booze it up. It is flawless because I'm going to read the next part here. He says, um, he says the the mosque, the person in the mosque said, there's, there's not a mosque in the world that allows music. And he said, so how can we allow it outside the mosque? And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, is there a mosque in the world that allows sex? Right. Because you're having that yeah. too. But- if you can't do it in the mosque, you're not allowed to do it at all. It's like, do they allow? Is there is there a mosque in the world where they birth babies? Yeah. Well, this guy, right? Just you know like, what I mean? Like, like of all the things, like there's a million things you don't do in mosque. Yeah. Well, but then you're not supposed to be doing them, and if you are doing them, <laughs> what do you do? They, they, do they have a mosque where you eat like eat and drink? Because I don't know if they eat and drink with their food, like or with their prayer, like the. You know, the Christians have their little wafer and their Right, yeah, their, their, wine. their morning snack. Their morning snack, but, like, yeah. do, the, do the Muslims do that? And if they do, if they don't, then you're eating outside the mosque. How can you eat outside the mosque? You can't do it in the mosque. How could you do it outside the mosque? He even says that. You How can't. can we allow yeah. it outside the mosque? I'm so frustrated right now. What you don't understand is Muslims are magic. They are. And they don't have to eat and drink or have sex <laughs> to procreate. Oh. Like, they don't. They're just... I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, you should just do some fucking research, oh, man. Jesus. Yeah. Muslims are... I do a lot of work for this podcast. <laughs> research is not one of them. <laughs> it's such a crazy thing to say. He, he, says, he says later... I mean, he just says some crazy, crazy oh, shit. Um, music has... Ma- I'm not making this up. Music has magic. It gets in your blood and makes you want to get up and dance and forget your personality. Your butt is shaking, and she's going to get up, and her butt is going to shake. And where is the religion then? Well, actually, what you're doing is you're telling her where the flowers are. When your butt is shaking, you're like, okay, so the flowers are outside. you got to go turn a left at the tree. dance. It's a fucking honey dance. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's a fucking honey dance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Everybody do the cheerio uh, beat. They're doing like the chicken dance and they're wiggling their ass and telling each other like, no, this is where you need to go. My favorite part of this is at the bottom. It says, uh, this is this is the dude, this guy who wants to have it. His name is Imam M.A. Aziz. And, I, and I'm like, first off, it's MC, dude. It's not MA. But, but he, says, he says, why not uh, present an alternative? Instead of listening to rap music, music filled with filth, why not listen to clean rap? And I was thinking, well, you don't listen to clean rap because it sucks. Right? It's, like, it's like listening to country music that doesn't have a dog that dies in it. <laughs> or listening no to, a, to a like blues and your girl is like completely faithful and you have a happy marriage and a nice job. <laughs> Like, that is bad blues. Like, that's not good blues music. Or you listen to, like, death metal and nothing gets sacrificed and no one does. Like, everybody's happy. Or the lyrics are understandable. Yeah, the lyrics are like, (laughs) the lyrics are understandable. That was was clear as a bell. Wow. I like his enunciation. He was, I mean, his diction was spot on. He must be an Oxford man. There's a reason why you don't listen to it. Because it sucks, dude. This this one guy says, there's something wrong with music and people's natural desires and inclinations to enjoy music and poetry. There's a belief that it is synonymous with sin. Let me tell you, as a poet, like, and being a part of a poetry community, that is the least fucking, like, sinful, adulterer. Like, 
Those people can't get laid to save their lives. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Poetry is the most fucking, it's either like the most yeah. aggressively academic stayed, you know, fucking tweed jacketed community, or it's a community of fucking misfits. Like <laughs> those are the two parts of the community. <laughs> it's the fucking nerds. goonies, man. Yeah. Nobody fucks the goonies. <laughs> I know because I'm in that community. Oh, that's awesome, man. I've been to a lot of readings. I love, you know, like they say like the only instrument you're allowed is Prophet Muhammad allowed was a drum, a, a tabla, they call it, right. I guess. He says, and not more than two at a time. Right. Like, let's yeah, not I get crazy that. here. Uh, let's, not, let's not start having a fucking, like, bongo session and outside. Jesus, you the- have three drums right to hell. Yeah. That's it. Right to hell with you. Boom, boom. Anybody? No. Don't you, don't hit it a third time. No. no. no? Okay, uh-huh. we're done. Good, good, good game. Good game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've said this before. Like, way to take the joy out of life. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah, no booze, no music, no adultery, no sex with animals. What are you going to do on a Saturday? <laughs> I mean, you know, with the no music thing is just weird. Like, like you're, like, crossing over into, I mean, first off, you know, you know, the fundamentalist uh, Islamic culture is fucking wackadoo as it is. Oh, you yeah, know? for sure. I mean, there is some crazy shit that goes on, you know, with the Sharia law and with the marrying of the fucking nine years old and the fucking, you know, stoning women when they are, you know, they have an adulterous relationship or when they get raped. You know, I mean, there's, you know, there's so much stuff you can put when you on say it like that. It sounds and just bad. be like, they're pretty crazy. But then you start looking at it and you're like, OK. You can't even listen to music. You're getting into like Jehovah Witness crazy. Right. Like, and that's like a special kind of crazy. Can I still have a birthday? Like, like no. do I still get to no. have a birthday? Who objects to these things? Who's like, uh, I don't want any poetry? Actually, isn't the Quran kind of poet? Shit, yeah. shit. Shh. I like that the Jehovah Witness also like try to delete joy too with no Christmas and no birthdays. There's <laughs> right. like no joy. No joy. Stop smiling. Yeah. And you we'll can't dance either, I don't think, right? Isn't that like Jehovah's Witness? Oh, yeah. Or is that I don't like think you can loose? dance. And I think you have to, like, button your fucking shirt up to your nose or some yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> to wear, like, a, a fucking Cobra Commander mask when you walk around. <laughs> You're like, like, everything's covered. You're wearing a diver's mask and a snorkel. <laughs> like, that's the next step. You're just... It's just a bunch of people covered head to toe in wetsuits, wearing snorkels and blinders. Just just (laughs) to pour fucking food and water down that thing like a feed tube. We love the Lord. (laughs) Remember the great life you gave us. Thanks for giving us like thanks for making us naturally inclined toward music. Fucking babies dance. Children seek out rhythms by tapping on shit from fucking extraordinary. Like, so so God creates you, and then it's like, oh, man, you're going to love this one. You're going to like this, right? I totally made you like music, but you're not allowed to like it. (laughs) What? Why'd you do that? No, no, no. It's awesome. You're going to love it. But if you love it, oh, burn it right in hell. (laughs) It's going to be great. It's awesome. Hey, this is William from Wisconsin. I'm calling in with my uh, infidel song. Jihad. 
See, so I, I think this might be one of my very favorite stories. This yeah, comes from the Huffington Post. Pork laced bullets designed to send Muslims straight to hell. Uh, the name of the ammo is Jihog <laughs> ammo. Jihog. Um, and it's being made by a bunch of fucking crazed hill people in Washington State. Oh, man, there is a, you know that while they are spraying the pork lard laced paint on these bullets, there is a banjo playing oh, somewhere. fucking, for sure, this is actually Idaho, I'm sorry, not Washington. The story's out of Washington, I'm sorry. South Fork Industries, based in Dalton Gardens, Idaho, um, claims that its ammunition is a defensive deterrent to those who violently act in the name of Islam. The bullets are in, coated in pork-infused paint, which the company states makes the ammo haram or unclean, and therefore will keep a Muslim who shot with one of the bullets from entering paradise. And my very first <laughs> thought was, when you're making this ammo, in order for this ammo to be effective, right? Like, this is making silver bullets, right? Right. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's silver bullets. Yeah. So you got to believe in werewolves. <laughs> or they don't work. <laughs> so I have to believe in the Quran in order for my magic bullet to work. So don't I have to be Muslim to make the bullet? Well, you know what I think is 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 another conundrum is that why would the person stop doing what they're doing for threat of the pork bullet? Wouldn't they have to know that you had a bullet that was pork laden? Right. Like, wouldn't you have like, to like, you have to, like shout at them beforehand and be like, "Freeze! I have pork bullets!" <laughs> pork bullets. <laughs> be like, actually- "Oh fuck! Oh!" <laughs> Freeze, Imam! Freeze! You know, like, like they're like immediately drop their weapons and they like, they like hold it, they like hold up their fucking like suicide trigger, and they're just like, no, 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 no pork bullets, no pork bullets. Did you check the dynamite? Maybe it is pork dynamite. Where did you buy? Where did you buy? (laughs) This is crazy. Look, God, that's terrible. This is just, it's just like it's the craziest. And the quote here, this is a fucking quote from a press release. With G-Hog Hold ammo. on, no, hold on, hold on. We got to play banjo music underneath you. Oh, yeah. Actually, okay. if everybody in the audience, the, the listeners right now, if you can get out your Confederate flags and, and if just you're, wave them. And if you them. could lower your IQ by like 100 points, that would help too. One thing that will help you do that, by the way, is Chaw and Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that actually will automatically reduce the IQ. All right, IQ. so let me, let me start the banjo music. Go ahead. <laughs> With G-Hog ammo, you don't just kill an Islamic terrorist. You also send him to hell. That should give would-be martyrs something to think about before they launch an attack. If it ever becomes necessary to defend yourself and those around you, our ammo works on two levels. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on now. The the hit is a sick at the end. Uh, That was was definitely (laughs) an editorial edit. So... Pork bullets. Yeah. I mean, like, why don't you just beat him with, like, a slab of bacon? (laughs) (laughs) Just like... We're just going to have cluster bombs of pork ribs. You like have a nunchuck that's made out of like two pork tenderloins. <laughs> You're just like spinning it around. <laughs> Bayonets of ham bones. Yeah. <laughs> Charge. Oh, oh man. No. You got, like got a little, ham. You got a little sledgehammer made out of a piggy skull. You're just <laughs> running around whacking them. Not to say that this is a stupid idea, but even, like, the people that they question that are, like, talking about 
you know, the Muslims that talk about the Quran. They're like, there's no penalty for coming into contact with pork in the Quran. She said, pointing to verses that prohibit the con- consumption of pork and carrion uh, that are reminiscent of Jewish and dietary laws outlined in Leviticus. To my knowledge, Muslims, especially unknowingly, would not be banned from heaven for eating or getting hit by <laughs> hit by pork. I love that. Um, there are some interpreters who suggest that Muslims should eat pork rather than starve if faced with an alternative. I'm thinking there's some interpreters. Right. Like there's and, there's people who have like, no, you should die if you're faced with either pork or starvation. Really? Yeah. It, if the option in I front of me. I need these fucking bullets. Are you kidding me? I know, right? Like I'd lick these bullets clean. I would, I'm not going to lie to you. I would taste one of these right now. I'm not even hungry. I fucking just ate before we recorded. Right, I just right. ate. Yeah. I would lick these bullets clean. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's like, it's just like pork knuckles in your mouth. <laughs> you shake them out. It's such, this is such a hillbilly response to their fucking Ugh. racist, xenophobic bullshit. And they don't even bother to understand what they're attacking. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, like their press release is like, it works on two levels. It doesn't, it doesn't work on two levels. Like, yeah. you misunderstand it levels. It works on all level because it kills them. <laughs> right. And they it's are dead. But their slogan is awesome, though. I mean, come on. Now, they really did think this one through. Put some, put some ham in Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> and they got a Target poster that says, Give him a spanking with some bacon. <laughs> it doesn't even rhyme it properly. Doesn't really rhyme as well. I love it in this story too. It has this guy Ted. He's like, I'm buying five hundred round. Five hundred rounds. Where are you that you need five? Are you fucking defending the New World Trade Center? Like what? What are you doing with five? When do you? This guy probably hasn't met five hundred Muslims in his life. He's like expecting like a wave of Muslim zombies to come yeah. crashing toward him. <laughs> It is altogether right to discriminate against homosexual behavior. I'm arguing that it's time that we as conservatives, that we rehabilitate the word discriminate, that we reclaim it, that we dust it off, and that we use it, and that we use it unapologetically. And I believe we need to begin to say, look, it is altogether right for a rational culture to discriminate against Homosexual behavior. This story also comes from the Huffington Post. Scalia slams, quote, legalistic argle-bargle, re-argues homosexual sodomy in dissenting Doma rant. Um, I read Scalia's dissenting opinion, much of it. Um, not it, it's, it's just filled with argle-bargle. Like, this guy is the king of argle-bargle. So to criticize somebody else for argle-bargle, when you yourself are the greatest Argle Bargler seems somewhat hypocritical to me. I love that. What a dumb fucking thing to say. And, you know, like, this is, this is you know, a guy who's on the highest court in the country, this little fucking hobgoblin. I know. I mean, look at this guy. I he know. Looks like, he's like a less coked out Martin Scorsese. <laughs> and less talented. Yeah, less ta- much less talented. Um he says some interesting stuff here uh, about Doma, about, you know, you know, he has this dissenting opinion. He thinks that, you know, they shouldn't be striking down Doma. And uh, and, you know, Doma just came in a couple years. It's not like the fucking founding father sat down. And this guy isn't this guy one of these guys who's like constitutional, constitutional, oh, constitutional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this just came in and, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever Clinton signed it in, whatever. How Clinton wasn't even in there though, 20 years ago, you know, at this point. So Clinton signed it into law. 
And it's like, okay, well, you know, it's not like you're fucking ruining some fucking long tradition here. It's been in there for 20 years. Let's get rid of it. We put it in there because of our fucking homophobic fears that were, you know, climbing over everybody back when we started outlawing fucking gay marriage in all the different states. That's when it started to become a big deal because of the conservative right you know, the, the Christian right that pours in, not the, you know, it's not conservatives. It's the Christian right that just overtook that entire group of people and then made that decision and pressured the president, you know, and you know, the one thing I saw today that I thought was, was pretty insightful. You know, people are given Clinton shit because he comes out and says it was the right decision, even though he's the one who signed it into law. Right. And a bunch of people are like, Oh, you know, he signed it into law and you're like, yeah, well, you know, I think that we have a different opinion when it comes to politicians. And I saw a clever comic on this. It's so it said, you know, like um, it showed one person who was like, my opinions are, you know, 100%. I never change my opinions, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know, they, they, they label that person as like a hard head. And then they say, well, you know, as long as I'm presented with evidence and I change my mind, it's okay. You know, I'm like, and then they're like, this guy's an open-minded, you know, sort of smart person. And then they put them as politicians and you're like, this guy is a party liner and this guy's a flip flopper. Right. You know, like yeah, whenever you change right. your mind in politics, immediately people are like, oh, you're a flip flopper. And you're like, well, you know, you can change your mind. You're okay. It's okay to change your mind. Being a flip flopper doesn't matter as long as you change your mind to the right important thing. You know, the social policy that makes sense. It's okay to fucking change your mind. Yeah, I was an idiot. I signed a stupid law into, into practice. Well, you know, I, I also think it's important to note that the president's job is not to subvert Congress, you know. Congress passes laws, whether he likes them or not. I mean, he's got veto power for sure. I mean, don't mistake me. But, you know, if you just veto everything, you're just like, "Ah, I didn't like that one. I'm going to veto that one. I'm just going to go ahead and veto everything I'm. I mean, you're subverting Congress. You got to fucking work with these people to get things done. Let's not pretend that that's not how politics works. The president has the power not to sign the bill. He can veto it. The veto can get overturned, right? I mean, they have the numerical numbers. They can just numerical numbers. Yeah, no, those if are they've things. Got the fucking yeah. numbers. If they got, they got the thingy things, the adding with the ones yeah. and such, they can overturn <laughs> the veto. But I also think it's not his fucking job. Like the executive branch's job is not just like ah, I'm just going to subvert the will of Congress. Like I'm just going to fucking piss on the legislative branch. I just don't think that's how it's supposed to work. Um, but you know, like I, I think Scalia is pissed off here because he's got to recognize at this point. That he is on the wrong side of history. Yeah. And he's being called out for it. And these guys don't like being called out for it. And he's ranting and raving about it. You know, he's saying in this thing um, that, uh, you know, he basically doesn't like being labeled. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he doesn't like being labeled an enemy of the human race for for supporting this sort of discrimination. And it's, you know, like all you have to all you have to do is substitute, you know, uh, African-Americans for gay people. Yeah. Ask the same question or put the same phrases in front of them and it sounds crazily antiquated. Like crazily antiquated. But this guy's clearly on the wrong side of history and he's got to be pissed off. Like he is in a spot where he can't win, right? He is clearly a conservative judge. He's Whether we want to pretend otherwise or not, he has people to answer to as well. He's a conservative judge. He's always been a conservative. These are his friends. These are the power brokers that he deals with on a daily basis. He has no choice as Scalia at this point but to rule against this thing. But he knows he's going to come out looking like a giant dick 
And I well, think that's why he screams Argle Blargle. Well, I mean, everybody. he does. I mean, if you look at him, like, if you look at his, the way his face sags, he does kind of look <laughs> like a giant dick. I mean, like, like, I mean, I'm not like, I mean, anatomically, he looks like a dick. Justice um, glands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all this white stuff coming out of his mouth all the time. He's foaming constantly. Now, uh, you know, actually, when this passed, when Doma, when Doma was struck down or whatever this week. I went on Facebook because I kind of wanted to see. Like, I was looking for the people who I once in a while get into the arguments with when it comes to, like, gun control or whatever the hell it is. You know, the conservative side of my Facebook. Sure. You know? Mm -hmm. And I kind of went out of my way to sort of see what they were saying. And they were kind of silent on it. And I think that that's a great thing. That, you know, even the people who maybe sort of subtly don't like it, but don't they don't care enough to say anything about it. And that's a good thing. It's like, you know, great, you don't like it, but you're being quiet. And you should be because it's you're you're in the wrong here. It's not it's not that it's it's my political party's decision and we won because we happen to have the right amount of people in the right place. It's that this was a moral right and it was it was solidified by the court and that's important. And you know, there's a sometimes there's there are these things that, you know, you can just point to and be like, no, this is this is the right thing to do. This is the important right thing to do. And we need to stand up for what the moral right thing is, whether or not, you know, our religion says it's wrong or whatever, you know, whatever antiquated bullshit thing we're thinking we want to, you know, whatever anchor that is holding us back right. is 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 saying that it's wrong. We need to tell those voices to shut the fuck up and be like, look, we're doing the right thing. We're making sure that people who are in love can get married. What the fuck is the harm in that? And I think that, you know, I'm happy to see that dissenting opinion that is so prevalent on other issues is completely, it was at least for me, completely silent. I know that there, I'm sure other people had different experiences, but when it came to me, like nobody was coming out and being like, this is a bullshit overthrowing of our rights. I just don't think it's defensible anymore. And you can, you can see clearly from his, the rambling bullshit <laughs> fucking, you know, complete idiocy that he has to spew out that it's just indefensible. I mean, you have an intelligent guy, like, I mean, he's a smart guy. Oh, he's yeah, a fucking he Supreme yeah. Court, for Christ's sakes. Yes, he is. He yeah. can't even put together a cohesive <laughs> fucking piece on this. <laughs> he is all over the map. And, and I want to point out one thing that I think is extremely important from his childish ranting and raving, and that's when he says, when he refers to court-sanctioned homosexual sodomy. And I think one of the things that opponents of uh, same-sex marriages always bring up is the sex act that's involved. The least important thing in a marriage is frequently the sex act. You know, to the, the idea that you would boil down somebody's relationship with somebody else, like the loving, yeah. lifelong commitment no, that true. somebody has with somebody else and make it about what they like to do in the bedroom. That's the only thing about this marriage that's important. The only thing, like, like the least, I mean, not the least, but like the least important thing to other people about my relationship with my wife is what I do with her in the bedroom, right? Like, you can't boil down my marriage. Like, you can't take 17 years of being with this woman and say, not all married, but 17 years of being with this woman and say, like, it's all about what you like to do with her in the bed. Like, that's what, that's what your marriage is about. It's about sex. Like, the marriage is not about sex. I mean, sex is part of a marriage, but it's to, to boil a, a loving relationship down to just an act of sex is so fucking myopic and reductionist and foolish 
that it's an insult. And this guy insults, you know, you want to talk about like demeaning all marriages. That's a demeaning of all yeah, marriages. Absolutely. That's a demeaning of all relationships. Yeah. And, and it's not that homosexual sodomy is illegal. I can do that whenever the fuck I want. Sure. So who cares whether I'm doing it and I happen to be able to, you know, collect the life insurance policy and see my loved one in the fucking in the in the hospital without having to go through a bunch of bullshit. You know right. what I mean? Like, who cares whether or not? Like, it, those are the important things. Those are the pieces of the puzzle that they've been missing out on. You know, having rights over whether or not somebody's, you know, where their estate goes and where they can, whether they can see them when they're sick and, you know, whether or not they can pull the plug and all those really bad, shitty end of life decisions as well as, you know, other decisions that go into being married. You know, the, the difficult times. That's the important stuff. The sex and that stuff, holding fucking hands, that's the fucking easy stuff. They can do that right, right fucking now, man. I know. They can be in a relationship and they can butt fuck right now. <laughs> they can do it right fucking now. So the idea that you're going to be like, well, now they're sanctioning it. The fucking, it was already fucking sanctioned, dude. Right. And it's not like you can't have sex with your wife in the butt. Yeah, right? I know. Like, it's just so crazy. Like sodomy is not restricted and, and sodomy isn't isn't exclusively anal sex either. No, but, it's, but it's like, oral sex too. Right. Like it's not exclusive to the homosexual community by any stretch no of kidding, the imagination. Right? It's like, oh, you know, look, you can only have missionary sex when you're married. You can't have Eyes closed oral in the dark. Or anal sex or you can't even do it doggy. You just can't even, <laughs> you just, can't, you know, look, if she is enjoying it too much, you're doing it wrong. And if the woman's on top, you have to hit her. Just because. Absolutely. Just yeah, because otherwise choker. she might. Yeah. Choker. You don't want her to think she's in charge. No, no. Goodness, no. So we're going to take a quick break and give you all the means necessary to contact us. And we'll return in just a moment for the rest of the show. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now, too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long-distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show... Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. So I actually found this story, Cecil, a couple of different places. I linked to it from planetiv.co.uk, which is really not a news site. It's just a blog thing. Um, But I thought it was very funny. Christian domestic discipline, spanking in the name of the Lord. And I love the image here. The image that they use is like... Some woman's butt with like a pair of like red leopard panties and this hand that's smacking it wearing like weird old fashioned like leather driving gloves. <laughs> like, like somebody just got done driving like a beat up 93 Jaguar that they're <laughs> overly proud of. You know, <laughs> and and they have like these crazy little sausage fingers. I know, like I little, think the thing is, is like pinky doesn't like, even make them. I know, like <laughs> the thing is, is like like these gloves accentuate all the deformities of your hand. Like know, that's, that's what they do. Like like it's like it's like they're like thigh highs for your fingers, you know. And it's just like the nasty dirt under the fingernails, long nails with these sausage fingers. You're just like those are the worst gloves you could fucking possibly wear, and you're not. 
not a hand model. I'm not. not a, and actually looking at the nails, that might be a woman's hand. I can't tell exactly. Sure. But whatever. That's this, fine. Well, that's, if it's homosexual spanking, then that's even it's better, all good right? good, too, yeah. right? Because like, that's this, allowed now. So this story all centers around Christian domestic discipline, which is basically a way to control and beat your wife and call it something else. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a, way to, it's a way to hit your wife is right. what it is. And justify it. And justify it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because Tom and I got a chance to look through this learner's packet, which is the very first thing that they, you know, that they suggest you look at. And the learner's packet is decorated with a banner on every page that has a little tree with a heart on it. And it's like, oh, look at these little trees with the heart. And this is like loving. And, and the, 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 it's funny because they use the same logo three times on the same page. Like there's two logos in the top and then it's a watermarked in the back. And you're like, right. who's the graphic designer who thought this we was really a good We really like idea. this tree. <laughs> We're going to use like, it three times yeah. a page. And it's like, it's like a tree made of hearts. It's like weird. But anyway, the idea here behind this packet and, you know, unless I'm, unless it's satire, you know, unless it's somebody is just making something up, this is really kind of some horrible shit. And it's a way in which for... Uh, you know, the head of the household, they never say the man, although it's, if you look at the images, they don't show a man leaning over the the bed. Right. They show a woman's ass leaning over the bed and then they show the woman leaning over the couch for the uh, for the leaning over the arm of upholstered per- furniture position. And then there's kneeling on the furniture position that she could also have um, that you so you could whoop her ass. And the and, you know, it's, it's a, this is obviously a woman's ass. This is not a you know, when they say had a household, they clearly mean a man and they clearly mean that the woman is going to be the submissive partner here. Right. And they're not talking about like, I mean, that would be bad enough. They're not talking about like hitting her in the ass with your hand they specifically recommend that you use an implement yeah to hit somebody because that just like it just hurts more like it just it, whatever implement you use unless it's like a fucking pool noodle yeah. like, <laughs> they suggest using things like a hairbrush yeah and they say like they say use like a third to half of your strength with a hairbrush yeah what that's just that's not that's not discipline. And first of all, your your wife is not a dog. Like a dog needs discipline, right? Yeah. A dog needs to be fucking corrected. Your wife is a human being. And she's not the lesser party in your household. You don't have to fucking bend her over the bed and hit her in order to get things like in order to work out a problem. That's not working out a problem. That's take. I don't care how they couch this. It's taking out your aggression and frustration physically on your wife. And I mean, you you kind of hit it right on the head there. You know, you own a dog. You know what I mean? Like when people say, right. "Like, is that your dog?" Be like, "Yeah, that's my dog." Right. I yeah. own that dog. I that am dog his master. Is, right. Yeah, that's I'm his the master. Language. He's my he's my slave. It's right. my slave dog. You know what I mean? Like when I tell my dog to do something, it should do it. When it does the wrong thing, I discipline it. And now that, you know, some people obviously I'm sure like, you know, when it goes to, you know, when it's children too, you know, like when you hit your children, there's sort of like the the ideas about whether or not you should hit them and all that stuff. And I'm not advocating hitting dogs, but I know that people do that to discipline them. I've seen people hit their dogs. So, and, and, and a lot of times people don't think twice about it. You don't own another person. You just don't own your wife. You know what I mean? Like you, you are a partner in that relationship. That's why partner makes sense when people say it, you know, we're a partner. It's not that 
I'm more important than she is in the relationship or she's more important than I am. It's, we're, we're partners. And, you know, this is a perfect example of a relationship where you would never refer to your, your significant other as a partner. You would never do that because you're not a partnership. It's a, you know, this is a fucking, this, is a demo, this isn't a democracy. It's a fucking dictatorship. You do what I say. And if you don't, there's, there's something that you're going to get punished. And the punishment is not just getting beat. And a, a half my strength, let's say I could throw a, a fastball 50 miles an hour, let's say, you know, 25 mile an hour smack on the ass is going to fucking hurt. That's going to, that's going to be a really painful thing. And there's other stuff in here, Tom, you were reading some of the things, the privileges they take away. Yeah. They're talking too about, and, and this is, if anything, this is more insulting. Um, cause it's one thing to get hit. It's another thing to be treated like a fucking child. Um, and they say some examples examples of privileges that can be removed include, but are not necessarily limited to, driving privileges, going out with friends privileges, television privileges, phone privileges, and and I, this one might even be this one's just insulting. Cosmetics privileges. What do you, what is your what what do you have? What kind of fucking animal of a man do you have to be? To be like, fuck you, you did bad. You have to look ugly today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't put on, I'm not saying that makeup, that's not what I fucking mean. But to, to take away somebody's cosmetics, if they are a person that uses cosmetics, is an attack on their self-esteem. That's what it is. That's like, that's so aggressive. That's so incredibly passive aggressive. I can't. And and the idea that a woman using the telephone is a, exercising a privilege? Yeah. A privilege? A telephone. I don't give my wife privileges. Yeah, she's a fucking free person. Yeah, she's, she's a grown-ass woman. <laughs> she uses a telephone because she owns a telephone. Yeah. The same way I don't own her. Yeah. So she I, can pick up the fucking phone and use it. I think that the cosmetics, too, points again to... Had a household as dude, yeah. You know right. what I mean? Because like Sarah could take away my cosmetic privileges from now until ever, right? <laughs> You'd be like, okay, I'm not going to do the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it's I'm like, going to go on. I mean, like, yeah, like I can't. You know, maybe I can't. You know, I, there's nothing I can't do. Right? You know I mean, like, <laughs> like I can do all the things. Like you, you know, like what's my cosmetics? I you you take away my deodorant. Okay, well, I'll just make sure I shower more. Yeah, right. Take away mine. It's like, joke's on you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'll get used to this. Yeah. I'm like, not I mean, the really, only like, one suffering. When it comes to, co- I mean, like, really, that, that's, it's just another point to them saying, you know, they're, they're couching their words when they go through to say, you know, they don't say man and woman, but, you know, what they really mean to say is, you know, it's a man and a woman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the language in this thing, too, like, Uh, The punishment is generally used when the privilege is being misused or abused, but it can also be a punishment for specific behaviors, and it can be used as motivation as well. For example, quote, before I left for work, you said you'd get all the laundry done, but it sounds like you've watched TV all day instead. No more TV until the laundry's finished. It's up to you when you get your TV privilege back. Fuck you. Really? (laughs) You didn't get the fucking laundry done while I was at work? Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Uh, 1944 called. I know they want their (laughs) booklet back. (laughs) This just in wartime. I'm like, what the fuck? 
we're melting down tin cans for armor here. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Let's all go to the movies and watch a newsreel. No kidding, man. God. This you just in. To- this is how you spank your wife. <laughs> Loose lips, sing ships, punch your wife in the mouth, and she can't talk. <laughs> A correct punch will make her lips swell so much. <laughs> Jerry will never like be a- loose again. <laughs> Jerry doesn't like a talking woman now. <laughs> Off to you, Sparky. <laughs> I'm Raymond Massey, and I have a special message for senior citizens. Today's doctors, drugs, and medical devices truly work medical miracles for young and old alike. But there are some as phony as a $3 bill. Investigate before you invest in health services or products. Help stamp out quackery. So the story's from theexaminer.com, but don't go there because their website is my balls, and I won't be linking to them again. Oregon Faith Healing Parents get 90 days in jail and three years probation. What they should get is all the days in jail. Yeah, as many days as they can stay in jail. And no more kids. Like, that's what they should get. Like, it should just be like, Oregon Faith Healing Parents. It shouldn't even say that, because Faith Healing is fake, right? Oregon Shithead Parents, get all the days in jail. We'll <laughs> never see child again. Um, well, their child's never going to see them again. I know. <laughs> but um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they had this kid, this kid, Alan, Elena, Alana, Elena, um, was born with a, born with it, just born with it, with a growth on her eye that ended Aww. up taking over one side of her face, and holy fuck does it ever take over <laughs> one side of her like face. She has a compound eye that you would find on, like, a fly. <laughs> she looks it's terrible. It looks horrible. Horrifying. I asked Tom, I was like, I can't even find where her eyelid like opens. Like I can't even like I'm I'm trying to look at this picture. No, and I don't look at this picture uh, unless no, you no, no. like like not safe for life things. Because so this sad. picture is not safe for life. Yeah. But if you look at this picture, you know, you see like it looks like you know, there's a pulsating orb on her face that's covered in like red and, and purple, and it's obviously a fucking painful giant cyst of some kind. Oh, you know? Yeah. And it's and I cannot, for the life of me, figure out where her eye went. Like, her it, eye is just gone because there's no, like, it's just like a big giant bubble and there's no place for her where, you know, she would actually have an eye. Dude, her, her face, she was born with this thing. And nobody steps up. Nobody, like, th- this family, like, they prayed about it. They fucking rubbed some oil on it. Like, this is not high school gym class. Like, you don't just rub some dirt on it. When you got a thing that ate your face. Like, when you have a baby and you're like, mm, it's got a face hugger on it. Have we been in a space recently, honey? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No chest bursters. Ripley you're... didn't come over earlier this week. So that's no. not a thing. No. Then I think we need to take our fucking baby to the hospital. <laughs> Well, was the baby not born in a hospital? Did the doctor deliver me like, oh, looks fine. Here you go. You know, I read that and my first thought was, I'll bet you this baby wasn't born in a hospital. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. You know, I I don't know that. I'm I'm speculating, of course, so fucking take it with seven grains of salt, right? But, you you know, like, if if my cousin or brother or uncle or co-worker or neighbor or acquaintance at the Quickie Mart was like, Hey, I had a kid. And you're like, oh, yeah, let me see your kid. And you're like, fuck, something's <laughs> eating your kid's face. 
Like, it's like a 1950s horror movie that they just show the reactions of people holding their fucking hands over their mouths. Like, like immediately when you unveil the kid, you know there's something wrong. And nobody says, like, did you take him to the yeah. doctor? Like, oh, no, we rubbed some oil on it. Yeah, good I don't looking, think that's going to work. You know, your I kid is half good looking. What's wrong with the one side of the face? Man, is it was it like a conjoined twin? Where's yeah. the other? <laughs> it's like another, it's like fucking, there's a whole other fucking body on your face. It's it's like all the mosquitoes in the world bit the kid right in the oh same spot. Oh my gosh. Like, raw. It's like it, she's growing a fucking, a, a fucking steer out the side of her head. And the, just, and the article says, like, she's going to lose some, like, vision in that eye. It's a 30% vision. chance of regaining full vision. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's almost like if you take a kid to the doctor, <sighs> they can help. Because I'll tell you what, right now, I can guarantee, and I'm no, I'm no scientician. No. But I can guarantee she has 0% vision in that eye. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even locate the eye. <laughs> If left untreated, now I'm speculating again, but if left untreated, my guess is there's a 0% chance that gets better on its own. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> not, you know, rub some dirt on it and walk that fucker off. You know, you're totally right, though, when you said that they probably had the kid at home because obviously, you know, these people hate, they won't do any kind of medical attention anyway. So they probably, you're probably absolutely right. They had the kid at home. Yeah, I mean, why would you go to the hospital? Yeah, they, they wouldn't birth? go it to just, the hospital. It doesn't, I mean, it's not in keeping with, with, with their... Faith? I like. One, doesn't this a test of faith? And then doesn't God fail the test? Like, what do? What more thing do you have to do to fail a test? No, I think you know. I mean, that the way they get that, the way they work their fucking little tiny fucking minds around this is what they do is they say, well, we weren't faithful enough, or the baby wasn't faithful oh, enough, or this is God's fucking will. Enough. Look, baby I mean, wasn't faithful enough. Baby's got a lot on her mind. Fucking and, devil but, but, baby. What's on her mind is a giant cyst that's being pressed <laughs> against, against her mind. Against fucking eye. You know? <laughs> I'll, I will tell you, you know, this will tell you what kind of horrifying story this is. At the bottom, it says that you may like stories. And one of them is a live dog dropped off at animal shelter wrapped in sealed plastic bags. Another ah. one is update on dog in Brazil suffering from horrific wound. Ah. Another one is teen boy tortured, abused, and locked in room for years Fuck, by who own likes mother. these stories? <laughs> Who's like, oh, that is a story I would yeah. like. Yes. No. Who likes all these? You're yeah. like, oh, wow, man, the examiner knows me so well. <laughs> I love horrific abuse. You're looking at you're looking at something that should make you throw up. Let's see if we can push that. Yeah, I, I, nauseous yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> mm, the world has some cruelties up its sleeve. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This story is fucking terrific, too. This, this is, is from good the stuff. raw story. Texas pastor. Donate to fix my helicopter and get a new car from God. That's pretty much the story. This guy <laughs> wants his helicopter fixed. He's got a helicopter, helicopter? that has a. Who the fuck right? is he, Richie Rich? <laughs> Who has a helicopter? And his helicopter needs a million dollars of repairs. That's not a repair anymore. That's called a new helicopter. 
No, it doesn't really need a million dollars of repairs. I thought it did. Yeah, I thought I thought it needed a million dollars in repairs. Oh no, no, no! It's it's a estimated at a million dollar helicopter. It needs fifty thousand oh. dollars in repairs. I'm sorry, I misread it. Yeah. yeah, that's why he just needs all he needs is a thousand people to donate the fifty two dollars. And that's what he's saying. He's saying he wants fifty two dollars, and then in fifty two days or fifty two weeks, <laughs> you know. It, Maybe we sometimes could go I get way. my fifty twos mixed up. <laughs> I can't tell my weeks from my days. Sometimes, you know, they say I created the whole goddamn world in seven days. Took a day off too. Didn't even need that last one. Maybe it was seven weeks. Who knows? I there was no know. calendars back then. <laughs> I've been trying to sync my phone, but I ain't working. <laughs> my iCal appointments aren't working very well. I should have created iPhone before I created Light. I I will say I'm a sucker for numbers that match, though. (laughs) 52. (laughs) 52 and 52. (laughs) And God will just give you a car. And I actually want to. I'm just rolling them off the lot. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep them in stock. Zero percent on everything. We'll give you $1,000 on your trade-in no matter what it is. It could be a donkey. Now, I, I, I know you said you'd never buy domestic again. But <laughs> <laughs> this guy is just like, he's just stealing money from people. Well, you know, he's just asking for money, Tom. They're yeah, willingly just, giving it to him. Oh, yeah, right. Right. They think they're going to get a car. They're going to get I, a, a, a transportation what? favor. Wait, like, seriously, what is that about? Like, you give me $52, and in in a year, I will get you a car. That's a deal I would make right now. Yeah, right. And I don't even a- care if it's, like, a $500 car. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it could be the shittiest. It could be four wheels and, like, two axles, and it's <laughs> worth more than $52. You know? I right. mean, like, it could be the shittiest car, and it could not start whatever. It's still worth more than 52 bucks. I'll call Victory Auto Records. <laughs> you know, like get more than that for your car. But the idea here is like, like it sounds like a good deal if you believe that God is somehow going to fucking like go into the back lot of his cars and quickly give it to you because it didn't go on auction last week. If God had that many cars, does he not have helicopters? Well, and, and like, what, you know, if he knew I needed a car. Wouldn't he just give me a car? Yeah, like why do I need to make the fifty-two dollar transaction? Imagine this <laughs> to his representative. <laughs> How is this supposed to work? God's up there and he's like, "We got ourselves a problem. That guy needs his helicopter fixed, but I don't know nothing about no helicopters." Hmm. Maybe if enough people, I'll just give them car. I mean, it's just so convoluted. Like the whole scheme is so convoluted. God is checking his like invoice. He's got his Excel. She's like, so if you give me fifty-two dollars, <laughs> I'll give you a car, and then we'll put it in the bank and we'll pay for the helicopter repair man. And like, yeah. Like I mean, like where's the in and outs in this budget? I have to first make a helicopter repairman, though. I don't understand QuickBooks very well. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure this is a good idea. Like the little paper clip is in the corner telling him what to do. <laughs> it's, just a system. it's just like, hey, would you like to create a new document? No, I do not want to create a new document. <laughs> it does not. I know I'm not writing a letter. It That's it. I'm do- sending you to hell. <laughs> Clippy is in hell. Clippy should be in hell. 
I like you know the, the thing is is that the aviation experts in this article value the church's helicopter at a million. New Light, I like that New Light also owns a Hawker jet valued at two million and an aviation hangar valued at three million. <laughs> this guy doesn't have fifty grand to pay for his helicopter. You just take a mortgage out on the hangar. What do you want the helicopter for? I don't know. Like, like are you are you hell lifting people to safety from zombies? What are you doing with a helicopter? It's it's for all the times that the jet doesn't suffice. I know. You're just like, oh man, I have gotta fix my helicopter. You see, I need the hovering capabilities to hover over the tops of houses and pray. Because I can't if I fly over them, I pray too fast, and then I get the prayers will sprinkle down on the wrong people. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's like, and I it's gotta, like the Santa I, Claus problem. Like, he goes too fast, so he melts the world or whatever. It's like, why don't you just drive over there? Whoa, whoa, fuck you! I got <laughs> things to minute. do. Like, Jesus, this is ridiculous. This is the Church of Prosperity, Cecil. It's the Gospel of Prosperity. It's got like a fucking golden helicopter that he's got to fix. It should just be painted on the bottom of it. Fuck you, parishioners. No kidding, right? I mean, you know, it's amazing. You know, you, you think about how they're handling this particular thing. And, you know, this isn't the first time something like this has happened where they've had to, you know, they, they got a, you know, six million dollars up to buy the other things, you know, unless they're mortgaged or whatever. But, you know, they got up six million dollars before to buy all of the other various things. That doesn't include the church or this guy's salary or his car or any of that other stuff. So, you know, they've got up the money before in the past. So this obviously isn't the first time he's done something like this. Can you imagine the kind of money that's rolling in at this church if he's asking oh. these people for this kind of stuff all the time? Oh, it's got to be. I'd love to see this guy's. I'd love to see this guy's car. And his all house. That shit, I mean, if he's that, that flamboyant, tax-free. I know. Ta- Ugh. That's the most. You know, that's the most insulting thing is this guy. You know, it has some magic man in the sky that's getting the fifty-two dollars, not him. Bullshit. It's buying you a fucking. It's buying you helicopter repairs. I know. And we're subsidizing it. Yeah, everybody else, you know, like if I want to, let's just say I want to do some work in my kitchen, right, which is something I actually want to do. I have to save that money up. All that money that I'm getting that I'm saving up is taxed. Right. You know and what I mean? All, and yeah, when I pay right. when I pay for the work, that's going to be there's going to be a sales tax on that. Absolutely. You're you know going to get taxed and then yep. taxed again. Yep. And this guy gets to just Yeah, you know I mean, the sale he doesn't pay sales tax. I bet you the helicopter is totally not inclu- totally totally included in no tax. Yeah, it's transportation. I got to have yeah, a helicopter. I'm almost positive it's not. So. Glory hole guys. Mike here from Calgary, Alberta, up in Canada, where we're facing some of the craziest floodwaters that that hillbilly God has ever bestowed on our wonderful city. I'm uh, telling all my friends to download your podcast. There's not much we can do up here. We're sort of locked in our homes for the time being, so I figured we might as well be entertained by you guys and, and spread the good word, as it were. I wanted to share a quote with you. Everyone's been saying what a miracle it is that there's been so little loss of life given uh, all the damage up here. Um, and our mayor had a great response to the comments of a miracle. He says, quote, It is only a miracle when you've got people working hard to make it so. End quote. That's Calgary's mayor, Nahad Nechi. Great to hear a voice of reason with all the craziness going on. If any of your listeners uh, are feeling like they'd like to help out or their friends to the north, we'd uh, certainly love the support. Donations to the Red Cross are always the way to go. Thanks very much, guys. 
we got a bunch of email. We obviously can't uh, can't deal with it all. We want to thank everybody who sent an email. If you didn't get a response from us, um, understand that we read it all and we read it all every week. We want to thank everybody who rates us on iTunes. iTunes is a great way to uh, make sure that other people get a chance to see the podcast. If you rate us on iTunes, it normally bounces us up a bit on iTunes uh, on their ratings. We're in comedy now, so it actually it's more important now to rate us. We wind up getting. Uh, uh, higher rated and then we get lifted up in the ratings and then people will see us more and it's actually very helpful. So if you can rate us on iTunes and you haven't done it yet, please do so. Uh, But we want to thank everybody who's rated us so far. We got some email here, uh, one from Frank. Frank cracked us up here with this. (laughs) This is pretty funny. His email is hilarious. Hi guys, Glory Hall from Liverpool. Being the best problem solvers on the radio, here are a couple I have. I accidentally saw my next-door neighbor topless through our fence and felt the need to pull myself off. In the process of doing this, my finger accidentally (laughs) slipped up my arse. Accidentally. (laughs) He's using air quotes there when he says accidentally. And to my horror, my wife saw it all through the window. My first question is, do you think she's a pervert? (laughs) I love it. Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. And you should spank her. Yeah, right. <laughs> take away her uh, viewing privileges. Yeah, her take window away privileges. Her, her watching you wank it privileges. <laughs> no, no windows for you. <laughs> Back into the closet. Secondly, I had the hottest fucking curry two nights ago, and I have a burning arsehole. I asked my wife for advice, but she just told me ring sting. I've called him, and he's none the wiser. And my <laughs> arse is still burning. Can you help? Well, you rang Sting, so yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I really, I think of all the people that are burning assholes, I think he could probably help you out the most. At least she didn't say like he blew the seal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's going down on a scar-faced guy. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Thank you. That was very funny. We got an email from Tom. Tom says, uh, would it be possible or terribly obnoxious to request that the audio for the Skeptic's Creed automatically start playing when it loads? Um, That way, if I run across some obnoxious people on Facebook or Twitter, I can link to it. Tom's expression of disgust is much better than I can achieve. An alternative, if you like that page the way it is, make a new one that does uh, does this and other things uh, you wish to be shown, like a link to the current podcast, pictures you deem appropriate to the Creed, links... uh, Links to smart people, a Twitter window that will have your current tweets in it. Um, since you are using the content, uh, we send you to fill out your show. It seems like the least uh, least you can do to give us a tool to fight with. No, the least I can do is nothing. Yeah, I've um, checked. That is clearly <laughs> the least I can do. And I want to I wanna make sure that I lay, let you down off uh, like slowly here and say that I will continue to do nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I actually don't really like web pages that start and play music. I kind of find them a little obnoxious. So I don't I don't like that. The, the Creed is playable on that page. So if you send somebody there and they want to play it, great. Um, you could also send them the sound file, I think. That might work, but um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna create a page like that. I am, however, probably going to take your advice and put a Twitter Twitter window with our current tweets in it because we are tweeting a lot and I think that that's a good place to put sort of current stories. So I'm gonna see if there's a widget that I can put on the homepage. So that is a good idea, but I'm I'm not gonna create a whole other page for it. I'll just put it on the homepage there. Um, and the last thing you say, since you're using the content to fill out your show, I want to be clear here and say that we, you know, and we got a couple of other emails based on this. And I just want to, I just want to point out Tom and I really appreciate when people send us stuff and we try to help, we try to make sure that they, re- that they recognize that we appreciate it by playing it. 
we don't have to play it. We just do because we think it, it's the it's the right thing to do and the nice thing to do. Um, but this is our show, and you know we we get a chance to talk for forty five minutes to an hour, and then you know when people call in, we think it's the nice thing to do to play their stuff. So um, so it's it's not that we're using their content to fill out our show, unless that was a joke, Tom. Um, if it was, ha ha. But it, we're not using their content to fill out our show. We're just doing it because we think it's it's the nice thing to do. Yeah, I also you know I gotta say. Um, Please don't give Cecil ideas about the least we can do or he can do. Um, that's my role. I, I really, I really don't. That's my niche. I have spent years carving out the least yeah. I can do model. He's been very good at it too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't. like other podcasters have come to him and be like, "How could I do less?" Yeah, and Tom I, I do has. Tom actually does seminars on this, <laughs> and I don't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still cash the check. We got a movie review suggestion from uh, from Daniel, and Daniel says we should check out this movie called Freedom of S- Freedom of Silence, and it's on Netflix on demand. And, I'm, and he says here's the review of it, um, or the synopsis. It says in the year 2030. That's like fucking right around the corner, really. I mean, 2030 is not that far off. In the year 2030. And the government has outlawed Christianity. Enter Zach Thompson. Wasn't he a NFL player? Yeah, uh, a brave man who teams up with a friend to hack into the government's computer system to reclaim religious freedom for Americans. This has to go on our list. Thank you very much, Daniel, for sending it to us. Casey sends us a message, and Casey says uh, that he's from New, York, New Mexico, and he would like to plug his podcast He's doing a podcast called Sergeant Skeptic and discusses atheism and skepticism from a military perspective. They air live on Blog Talk Radio on Monday nights, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 Eastern. Uh, they market toward the military and they try to make it accessible to everyone. For more information about the podcast, you can check it out at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sergeant dash skeptic dash podcast. I will post a link to this on this episode, episode 105. Uh, so if you're looking for it, you can find it there. Casey, good luck to you. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. I'll check out the show, and I think that's a cool niche that you're carving out, and I think it's a necessary one. We got an email from uh, from Marsh this week, Tom. Uh, we did. He said, uh, hey, fellas, random thing. You talked about Navina Shine on your last show, and I interviewed her yesterday. You guys should check it out. It's episode six of Be Reasonable. Um, you guys should all check out Be Reasonable. Um, it's a great show. She was actually pretty sweet and genuine. Nice lady. Wrong, though. I like that. I yeah. kind of want to. I haven't listened to this yet, Marsh, but I will this week. Yeah, I'm kind of too. anxious to hear what you have to say to her. You know, it's so funny because I when I when I listen to it, I get a little frustrated because I want to be sometimes I want to be condescending, but I know that's not Marsh's gig. And so it's a totally different feeling. So if you're if you want to hear what these people have to say, I think this is a great podcast for you to uh, for you to listen to. Tom, there was a correction, a little bit of a correction to the skeptics creed that Alex sent in. Yeah, we, uh, Alex says uh, he just realized something about the Skeptics Creed after listening to it about 416 times. Um, in lines 9 through 10, double bubble, toil and trouble. Um, I know, as most people should, it's a reference to the Three Witches in Shakespeare's Macbeth, Act 4, Scene 1 to be specific. Unfortunately, the line bubble, bubble and double bubble, toil and trouble, etc., etc., that persists in the global Zeitgeist is actually incorrect. Being an avid performer who has done this play a few times, I know, and feel free to check reputable scripts that the line is, in fact, double-double, not double-bubble. And he asked me, uh, now that I know that it's incorrect, 
Um, will I update the Skeptics Creed to be more accurate? Uh, no, I won't. Um, I, I, but I appreciate the correction. I'm not updating it. Um, I'm not not updating it just to be a, a dickhead, although I am a dickhead. Um, you, you know, the Skeptics Creed was written long before the show was a show. It was a poem that I performed at a, a poetry competition a while back. And it wasn't, it's not the Skeptics Creed. It's, it's, called, it's, called, it's called Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas, yeah. Yes. Um, we just repurposed it for this program. Um, and uh, that poem has, it exists on its own. You know, it's my feeling that um, if I can be so pretentious as to call something like this art, that art exists um, sort of separate from the s- academic sphere often, even if it can refer to um, something academic. And, and I admit that I got it wrong, but it has a life outside of – it's had a life for, for, for many years at this point um, and a life outside of uh, the, the realm of Macbeth. So – um, I, I think art with all of its flaws is still art and it's still worth uh, being out there. And I'm not ashamed that I made a mistake on it. Uh, I'm okay with it. I, I like every time I see it now, I'm going to kind of grin at myself. Like, yeah, I, I fucked that up. You know, it's like a, you it, it, think of it as a painting with a bad brush stroke. You know, it's like, ah, it's still out there and I'm, I'm not unhappy with it. So, yeah. And I also I, think that, you know, one of the things you say is, uh, my question is, will you update the Skeptics' Creed to be more accurate because of new evidence we must change our models, opinions, and stances? Um, yeah, I think in science you absolutely have to do that, but in art you don't. And I think that, um, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, we're talking about poetry here, you wouldn't change a, you know, like Tom said, you wouldn't change a, a, a painting if, you know, if it came out that something is more anatomically correct or something, you wouldn't change it. I mean, you know, Starry Night does not look like a Starry Night. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It looks like a bunch of brush strokes. So, um, so I feel like, you know, that would be like saying, well, your, your drawing isn't as accurate as it can be. Well, yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah. we're okay. We're okay with that. So, yeah. But that's an interesting point, and it's something I had never really considered, and it, it is, I looked it up, he's right, it is double-double. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I mean, it's, I was just wrong. Like, and, just, and, you know, I'm used to, you know, I mean, like, it's funny that you didn't get it right because double-double, I mean, isn't that what you order every time you go to, like, McDonald's or something? It's like, actually like a, a triple-double-double. There you go. Yeah, they have to make it separate. <laughs> it breaks the register. The register yeah. overheats trying yeah. to. <laughs> the grill falls onto the ground. <laughs> it takes two men and a boy to yeah. lift it out to my car. Right, because they have to bring that whole five-gallon bucket of grease. I have to put it in my it. kid's car yeah. seat just yeah. to drive it home. <laughs> We get an email from Christina, and Christina says, in reference to the guy talking about the different levels of the arc, the bottom floor being the poop floor, I couldn't help but think of Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yes, while both are post-apocalyptic stories, but more importantly, where Bartertown is run by an underground shit factory... Perhaps Noah's like Teeter Turner, who keeps all the residents in check, and God is like a master blaster who powers Barter Town. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I love it's that. such a throwback to that movie. It's so great. Two lions enter. Two lions also leave. Most two likely. lions yeah. poop, <laughs> and then it goes onto the lower floor. That's actually then, how the dinosaurs went extinct. They just had fucking Thunderdome battles, and they lost. And then Tina Turner sings a song, <laughs> and. Mel Gibson screams about Jews. They wouldn't let Mel Gibson on that ship anyway. They were all Jews. So, That's true. Like, yeah, yeah, he'd be. He would he, definitely oh, drown. In the he flood. would definitely have drowned. Tom, you like this image we got from uh, from Genesis? 
Genesis sent this uh, to uh, us. He says, just before you enter the Las Vegas Strip, and we will be going to Las Vegas in uh, within a week, what is that, a week and a half, two weeks? Two yeah, weeks at this point. Weeks, yep. A couple of weeks, we're going to be going to Vegas for TAM, the, the amazing meeting which is happening out there. We're going to be there for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But this image uh, has something funny there. Yeah, it says, what happens in Vegas? God knows. <laughs> be not deceived. God is not mocked. God has mocked at least once a week. Yeah. God has been mocked for 105 consecutive episodes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. And not just one God either. Right. All like the we, gods. We have, we have mocked a multitude of gods. It, God is not mocked. You're, you're factually inaccurate. <laughs> we got a cognitive dissonance call to prayer. I'm going to give this a shot, Tom. All right. Okay, so here goes. This is from Duck Soup. I can't wait. I loathe eggnog. I loathe eggnog. I loathe <laughs> eggnog. I love it. Yeah. So there you go. I love that you fucking say it. That's good. I think it. I think it's turned out all right. You killed nice it, job. dude. You fucking killed nice it. Nice job, Duck Soup. We got a. Uh, we got an email from Matt, who actually, you know, we got a lot of emails from people and a lot of messages from people talking about uh, food stamps and living on a uh, like subsistence living and things like that, um, and. You know, a lot of people, you know, ton of sympathy, ton of empathy for those people and some people who actually have to still do it. And they talk about how difficult it is. But Matt brought out an interesting point. Uh, He said, I work as an electrician, but my job involves travel. I get a lot of perks of the high income earners. Uh, I would not only say that these people have to spend less of their income to stay alive. They spend none of their income to stay alive. While I was traveling 200 days a year, all my food and expenses were paid for. I would I would have to go uh, to the boardrooms of these major international companies and tell them what I was doing to their machines and what was going what it was going to cost. And then we'd all go to lunch, paid for by the company. These six seven figure salaries are getting free lunches and dinners every day in restaurants with bills more than their worker gets paid a week. This happens every day, and it's very true. He's he's absolutely yep. right. That happens all the time. And you know the jobs. There's a reason why. They do that sort of thing. It's to keep you there. You know, like, I mean, you know, if they buy your lunch at work, if they're buying you lunch so you don't take a lunch break, you know what I mean? There's oh, yeah. a point to keeping you there. You right. know, they buy you breakfast so you don't leave to go get breakfast. They make your coffee so you don't have to go out to get coffee. They keep you in the office to make sure that you keep working. So, you know, that's a bad deal, but it's fucking free. Right. And it's not like, you know, you're working in a garment factory fucking sewing buttons on a thing. You know, for minimum wage. There ain't no free lunch. There's no free lunch. No, no. Tom, we got an email. Um, this is uh this is from John and uh and he says that uh he says he likes some of the versions of the call to prayer. Since I particularly like the Tarzan one, it always makes me laugh. I was catching the train home the other night listening to your podcast with earphones. I had just noticed that the guy next to me was clearly a follower of Islam. I think the Koran hat and beard gave it away. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't. (laughs) Next thing I know, the Tarzan call came on loud as fuck. The guy looked at me sideways. It seems he could hear it. Then, called out. (laughs) I don't know what he did next. This is my favorite line. I just pretended not to be there. That's awesome, man. sitting next to a dude on the train. Oh, gosh. That's fantastic. That is great. Um... Yeah, that's that's just awesome. We got an we got a voicemail this week, and I didn't want to play it, um, mainly because uh, I didn't want uh, a negative audience reaction to it. 
But in the voicemail, and, and first off, we want to say we appreciate the voicemail, but in the voicemail, there are some things that are said that some people would consider um, less skeptical than they needed to be. And one of them, one of the things was, is that um, our food is poison and, uh, and that certain things like GMOs and uh, they were also talking about gluten and how that's bad for you. Uh, you're not one thing you're not going to find is a sympathetic ear to that kind of mindset. And I'm going to, you know, we're going to try to talk through this. I don't want it. A reason why I didn't want to play this voicemail is because I don't want people to make fun of you. Um, what I want to try to do is talk to you, uh, to tell you what we think about these issues. Uh, one of the things that I think is, uh, is that when you hear that line that our food supply is poison, um, you've got to consider the source from where you're getting that line from. And many times people will say our food supply is poisonous. And they're saying our food supply is poisonous because they want you to buy something to help bolster you in some way. So you'll get some guy who's selling you some sort of, you know, supplement or tree oil or whatever it is to help you f sort of feel better because our food supply isn't getting you the things that you need to live. Um we're living longer than we ever have. Uh, we are, you know, we are living in, you know, uh, I think a, an amazing time. And I do not buy that food is poison. I think, you know, I think that there is a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that we can do to improve our food supply, but I do not think that it is poison by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I, I, and I want to address the, you know, there's, there's the issues of the, uh, you know, the GMO foods and people also, um, you know, bemoan the, a modern agricultural industrial complex, and and there are issues with it. Please don't mistake me. There are there are significant issues with it, but I would point out that the only way to say, feed seven billion people on the planet is through modern agricultural techniques and modern agricultural technologies. Um, I d organic farming is great. I mean, it is, um, but it is also less efficient. By and large, it doesn't produce as much food with as little effort. Um, and you've got 7 billion people yeah. to feed. Um, that's a huge problem. Like, there's a, there's a limit to resources. And we have to address those limits, and we have to find technological solutions to those limits. Um, and it's a constant arms race between the uh, pests and the pesticides that are being used. Um, GMOs um, are often... Uh, foods that are modified to produce pesticides to reduce the use of uh, spray pesticides and other things that um, you know. I'm I'm a f I'm a tentatively a fan of uh, GMOs when they're used responsibly and they're thoroughly tested and they you know do the job that they're supposed to fucking do. Um, you know the food that we produce is of extremely high volume with extremely low manpower on tiny fractional amounts of land by comparison to all historical standards previous. Um, so a, a, a tiny, it's like less than 2% of, of our yeah. population here in the States are farmers, and they're feeding 370 million people, um, plus the food that's exported. It's, it's tremendous. And I, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of that. Um, when we're having these conversations and I, I, I also don't I don't buy this, you know, gluten argument, uh, the gluten argument 
yeah, if if you have an intolerance to gluten, sure, like celiac, what is celiac, it, celiac? disease? Yeah. Sure, like if you get tested and that's a thing that you have, then yeah. I mean, like it's like saying like milk is poisonous if you are lactose intolerant. Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. it's not really poisonous, but it's not good for you if you don't right, tolerate it. Right. It, it for most of us, gluten's fine. There are some bad things that you can be eating. But I don't think, and I think the, what you want to stay away from is that is that blanket statement that all food, like our food is poison, the food that we're getting. Because what it's doing is it's saying there's a them. There's a yeah, them that I are know. giving us this food. You know, the thing is, is that if our food is poison, then the people who are making our food recognize and know it's poison and still continue to do it to make money. But then where do they get their food? You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, the, I know. the idea is like you're creating an us and a them. It's sort of like almost a conspiratorial sort of thing. And I just, I think, you know, there's a lot of research out there that has to do with a lot of the things that you're talking about. Just, you know, if you dig into it a little bit, maybe it'll change your mind. Um, but good luck. I hope that you, I hope that you take a look at it. I do want to mention uh, that No Illusions uh, from the Scathing Atheist sent us an email, and he said, I thought you might get a kick out of this. It looks like you guys are setting trends across the podcasting universe. Somebody just left a five-star review on my show on iTunes, and the review was only one compound word long, glory hole. Imagine how enigmatic that would be if I didn't listen to your show. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is, is I clicked on that review that he had, and the person gave him a glory hole, and then I looked. They never even rated us. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. Never even rated us. <laughs> oh man, I'm totally gonna give those guys a glory. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Noah stole our glory. He <laughs> stuck our his cock It's okay. In our glory I hole. think I think Noah's Noah's podcast deserves five stars, so it I'm does. willing to give yeah. you the five star glory hole. No problem, Noah. Yeah. I I mean I didn't rate it because I'm too lazy. Yeah. yeah, I know. You know. But I no, like I'm, the idea of rating it. I think I think the I I think I may have rated his podcast already. I think yeah, I did rate his podcast. Well, that I remember. Good for you. <laughs> I, I didn't leave a comment. I just rated it. Maybe I'll go back and leave a comment. Be like, glory hole, dude. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I should. Do, I'm going to do it today. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, so that wraps it up for this week. We will be back next week, and then we're probably we're going to see. We might be recording on the road when we do uh, when we go to Tam. I want to so, record this for the record audience. I want to record it on the plane. But Cecil thinks we'll get thrown out mid-flight. I think, you know, the thing is, is that it's just going to, you know, like, what you'll hear is, <laughs> the entire time, and you'll hear Tom once in a while be like, <laughs> so I don't know that that's going to be a good episode. But I think we could record this in the, uh, I think what we need to do is get kind of hammered and kind do a of? hammered episode, like quasi-live hammered episode. I think that episode. sounds like a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I'll edit it afterwards, but it'll be a quasi-live episode that we record together. You should edit it hammered. Yeah. <laughs> it'll all be backwards and <laughs> weird. It'll just make Tom wake up. Tom, Tom wake up. <laughs> More bourbon. Bourbon! <laughs> <laughs> so this is recorded after the fact. I uh, made a mistake when I was finishing up the show last time. I forgot to thank uh, Marcel Benjamin and Carl for their generous donations. Thank you for donating to the podcast maintenance fund. And I also wanted to mention that this show is going to end with a different Skeptics Creed. It's going to, this is done by Kosh. This is a musical Skeptics Creed, and uh, and we hope you enjoy it.
Jesus is Jesus is Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit. Expose your signs, thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.